We are learning Daf Membez. We're starting from the top line, right on the top. The Gemara says, Amar Mar. If any of these people that we mentioned before, the Levium, the Nazir, shaving his head at the end, or the Mitzorah, shaving his body, if they don't use a razor, they're not Yotze, or if they leave over two hairs, they're not Yotze. So what's the idea? If I leave only one hair, so it's as if it's all gone. One hair by alone is totally insignificant, but if I leave over, over two hairs, so that's considered that I didn't finish the job. Why is this true? We're going to see. It's a special Xerus HaKosov. Amar Racha the fact that you need a special to teach that you have to shave it all, that shows us that from the Torah law, majority of something is tantamount to, be, to, to being considered like all of it happened. Where is that evident from? Look at the Pasuk. The Pasuk says on the seventh day you should shave it. It's all of the hair on the head, not just most of it. We see it's only because of the Xeris HaKosov that Torah said that you need all of the hair. Without that, generally, you would say that majority of something is equivalent to all of it. So here, the Torah went out of its way to show you don't say we see that generally so what's an example of a nafkimino? Let's say regarding the corners of the beard. The Torah says don't shave the corner of the beard. Let's say somebody would shave most of the corner of the beard. That would be over on the iser. We don't say it has to be all of it. It's only here by Nazar. The Torah made it Isn't that context? That's written by the Nazar who became Tama. There's two times the Nazar could shave. A Nazar Tar at the end, concluding ritual. Um, and then you have a Nazar Tama who's shaving to restart the count. So how could we say... That leaving over two hairs is ma'akiv, the mitzvah, by a nazir. If the only source we have is the nazir cutting his hair when he's tummy, how do we know that the nazir tar also has that same halacha? However, in Israel, they laughed at this question. Why? Let's take a step back. How do we know that a nazir became tummy has to shave with a razor? Really, the whole source that we had, ad melos, was by a nazir tar. I mean, nazir tar, it must be that since the Torah said by nazir, who was tar, concluding ritual, we assume the same is true for the Nazareth Tamas. So the same way you could do it, learn that way, so you can derive in the opposite direction as well. A din that we know by the Nazareth Tameh can be derived from the Nazareth Tar. We could say, just the Nazareth Tameh, when he's shaving. If he leaves over two hairs, he didn't accomplish anything. So too, by the Nazareth Tar, if he leaves over two, he has accomplished nothing. So you're right. Rubo Kakulo is generally true unless the Torah specifies. Otherwise, that's clear. And here it's just a Galchenu, Xerso Kazabin Nazar Tame. We derive it over to Nazar Tar, but in other contexts of the Torah, we would say Rubo Kakulo. Says the Kamar Baya Bai. Everyone wants to know, by the way, an interesting lumdus from Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim always said that Rubo Kakulo is only true when you have like a, an, an item, but when you have an amount and you have a shear, you don't say Rubo Kakulo. There's no din, you know, if you have to. If you have to have a cup that holds a revius, if you have a cup that holds most of revius, is good enough. There's no such halacha. There, it's a sheer, it's an amount. If I eat a kazais or something, I don't say if I eat most of a kazais, that's good enough. That's because there's a din of a shear. But here, when you're talking about what an item is, cutting the hair of the head or cutting the corner of a beard, there, there would be a din of rubokukulo, if not otherwise specified by the pasuk. Says the Gemara, "Bye, bye, bye, yeah." Nazar shkila with two shaves. So say Nazar shaves Zed. He leaves two hairs. So at this point, he's not yet fulfilled the mitzvah. Samach rosha v'chazav gilchan. Then. What happened was the shaved hair <coughs> that was cut off grew back. And at this point, you cut only the two hairs that remain from the first shaving. So he ends up cutting it all, but in two different stages. Do we say that the fact that when he's cutting the, the, the two hairs that remain, the rest of the hair had already grown back, so maybe it's not good. On the one that you could say, every hair that was on his head at the conclusion of the zeros has been shaved. Or maybe there was not one point where the head was entirely shaved, so therefore he's not Yotze. Says the Gemara, 
Another question by Rava. Let's say the case is that the Nazar shaved his head, but he left two hairs unshaved. So at that point, again, he hasn't been Yotze. Nothing yet had grown back, but he shaved one of the two remaining hairs, but the other one fell out by its own. So what are we trying to figure out? We're trying to figure out that he do an act, a Maisa Giluach here, because he only caught one. So we could say, we could say that cutting one hair, again, one hair is nothing. It's very insignificant. So I could say here that he didn't do anything by, by cutting the one. Now, just to clarify a little bit, if the last one had not fallen out by itself, it certainly wouldn't be good. Um, I'm sorry, it, cer- it certainly would have been good, even though it wasn't shaved at once, but very good. They, the two can combine. There's no problem with that. But in our case, what happened was the second act of shaving is done is done, is done just to one hair because the other one fell out by its own. So that's what we're trying to figure out. Maybe since you only cut one hair, then it's no good. And the lumbus is when you started cutting, there were two hairs. So maybe you could say, hey, it's a mice because there are two hairs that are on the head right now. On the other hand, you, won't, you didn't cut two hairs, right? You only cut one. The other one just fell out by itself. So therefore, it's possible to say, and we don't see that a Maisek Yiluach was done. That's our question. Says the Gemara, is, is Rav trying to figure out if you shave one hair at a time? In other words, we're trying to say, yeah, cutting one hair at a time is an act of shaming as long as the two hairs are present when you're starting to shave. So, so two hair. Who cares that the second one fell out after you started the Maisek? It was Chao that you were doing a Maisek Yiluach because at the time you started cutting, there were two hairs there. Again, the, the key lumbus here is, are you doing a Maisek Yiluach? Are you doing an act of shaving? You only cut one, well, my the two areas were present, and the Gemara is pretty adamant here that that is considered to be a Maisek Yiluach, because at the time that you started the shaving, there were two hairs. So the Gemara flips the question. The case was one of the hairs, there were two hairs that were left, one fell out, and then you shave the last one. What is the halacha there? Do we say he's not Yotze? Since the second shaving hair is done when only one hair is left. Or do we say that what happened? that once one hair fell out by itself, so now, remember, one hair remaining is fine. So once the second to last hair fell out, so Lima Freya, your original act of shaving is good. What an interesting lump. Remember, you shaved, you left over two hairs. So in the moment, that wasn't good. But now that one hair falls out by itself, in that moment right now, so now retroactively, why don't we say the first act of shaving is good? Or maybe we can't look at it that way. So I'm gonna lay the word more answers. There's no shaving, there's no hair. So the, the lum that seems to be, it's no good because there's no hair. The Gemara says, that doesn't make sense. The direction should be the opposite. You say, if there's no hair, then clearly there is shaving. So the Gemara says, well, this is what we meant to say. Even though there is no hair. Meaning, even though there's no hair, you've never fulfilled the mitzvah of shaving. And the lum of the Gemara is that since at the time when you originally shaved, the first time you left over two hairs. So in the moment then, that was no good. So despite the fact that now I have a hair fall out and now there's only one hair remains, which is insignificant by itself. So somebody could make the argument that now retroactively the first shaving becomes good. We still, we do not say such a lumbus. Rather we say that the person in the light, so has never done an act of shaving and it's not fulfilled. And I guess you'd have to wait till more hair grows back again and shave again. Says the Mishnah, Nazar Nazar, again, he can't take out the hairs of his head. That's very important. But he could use sorts of like cleansing agents. He can shampoo all the hairs on the head and then separate them using his hands. He can't comb the hair. He can't remove the hairs in any way. And even though the shampooing or separating the hands, it's, you know, it's possible, but uh, it's not what you're intending to do. You know, it's not like you're trying to intend, uh, you're not like you're intending to remove the hair and therefore it's okay. But combing the hair, we still say is not good. We have to see why. So the Gemara says, who's, who's talking in the mission when we say you could shampoo and separate hair? Clearly, you're going like the, the Tana Rab Shimon, he, Dhamma Dhamma Shimon's Kavan Motor. The Tana Rab Shimon holds that if a person is doing one action and inadvertently 
He's not intending for it, but something else occurs, so then that's mutter. It's not considered his maisa, right? So in this case, the guy's just trying to separate the hairs, whatever it is, use his fingers to shampoo and, and, and separate them. So if inadvertently he ends up uh, taking out a hair, that's not a problem. So it must be going like Reb Shimon. So then what's the pshat in the end? Have a little sorry, <coughs> this that he cannot come. That's on the Rabbanon. It's only on the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon says something that you don't intend for. It's still us, that's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds a classic case of somebody on Shabbos is dragging the bench and uh, unintentionally they loosen the soil. So it basically what we're asking is this year from the Rachel of the Sefer, why are we saying you could shampoo the hair of the head and separate the hairs, but you cannot cone them? Why is it also to cone them if it's mutter to shampoo and separate? So the Gemara answers, I'm a rabbi, cool, we're all going to the Rebbe Shimon, but however, whenever someone is combing the hair, he's intending to remove the hairs. In other words, the Gemara, Pashup Shah in the Gemara is that you actually want that. When you're combing the hair, you're trying to remove the hairs that are close to falling out. Um, it seems that it would be bad for the nodding of the hair, so therefore it's actually the intention of the person. However, the Rishonim seem to say that even, the Gemara is really answering is that even if it's not fully your intention, but the idea is that it's a psik reshe, it it's inevitable. So if it's inevitable, then the lumdas is, Rip Shimon will agree. This makes a huge difference in the Gemara. You know, if someone, let's say, wants to comb on Shabbos, is it mother to comb on Shabbos? So let's say I have a type of comb uh, where it's not so uh, inevitable that the hairs will come out. So if you read the Gemara the first way, that the intention of someone who is combing is to remove hairs, so that it's not mutter. But if you say that all the Gemara meant was that it's a psik ratio, so then I don't know, you have to do, you have to do experiments, figure out if it's, if it's a psik ratio. So a very big difference here in the reading of the, Mish, of the Gemara. Continues Mishra, you can't shampoo with earth. Why? Can't use earth in the shampoo with nation because it causes the hair to fall out. It seems that he's agreeing with Reb Shimon fundamentally that Tav Shimon's is mutter. But what he's saying is shampooing with all things is no good because with earth um, it sounds like it's going to remove the hair, and therefore even though it's not your intent, it's still forbidden. The Gemara right away will clarify this. Doesn't mean that the earth that's being used caused the hair to fall out. Or mean shampooing with any earth is also because of the type that makes it fall out. Meaning, what the Gemara is saying like this, is Reb Shimon, is Reb Yishmael saying that don't use the type of shampoo that has the ingredient of earth that will inevitably make it fall out. So in other words, he's only, out, he's only answering the type that will inevitably make the hair come out. Or is he saying, since there is a type of shampoo that has earth, that inevitably makes it fall out. So then you can't use any shampoo with earth, even if you're using the type of earth that does not inevitably make it come out. Mind if you know what practice, that practical difference is? Let's say I have a case of, uh, of earth that doesn't make the hair fall out. So what's the var? Do I, do, did Rabbi Shmuel answer all types of earth because of the type that makes the earth fall out? Or is he only answering the type that inevitably makes it fall out. So yeah, I mean, if you say because the earth that's being used makes the hair fall out, as long as we know that the earth that's being used does not cause the hair to fall out, then it would be okay. But if you learn that he's saying don't use any shampoo with earth because of the type that would cause the hair to fall out, then the idea is that the Nazar can't use any type of earth to shampoo his hair. Again, all because of a decree that he might be using, come to use the one that inevitably takes it out. So the Gemara says take it, we don't resolve whether... If a person wants to use the type of the type of uh, uh, earth shampoo that does not necessarily make it come out, is that forbidden? Did Rabbi Shmuel make a hard zero against all earth shampoos because of the type that makes it come out, or would it be allowed?
Okay, so now we continue with a, a very fundamental discussion about multiple lashes that a Nazar can receive for, for repeatedly violating his Naziras. So the case is, Nazar is drinking wine the whole day. So the halacha is that a person doesn't receive lashes unless there's hasra, unless they're warned, and they accept. They say, Afal Piken, you know, even though I'm warned, I accept that I'm going to do this. So here, he's, if he's only warned once, even if he drinks wine the whole day, is only liable one set of lashes. There's only one warning. Uh, so there's machlokes in the Rishon how to understand the lumnus. Is it the pshat that if there's only one warning, then it's one big ma'isa avira? Meaning, the minimum size is a revius for liability. But if there's only one warning, so so there's only one there's only one avira. Even though he drank multiple sizes, multiple revius him, but it's one sin. It's not considered separate actions of sin here, because ultimately, ultimately he wasn't warned. So it's just a continuous action. The other way to look at it, no, really he is sinning multiple times. The only reason he only receives one lashes is because he was only warned once. And after he drank once, he can say, you know what? I forgot about the rest of it. I forgot about the Hasra by the time I kept him drinking. So he's getting off on a technicality because he can say that he forgot about it. He can say that he forgot about it by the time, by the time he continued to drink. So that's really two different approaches. Uh, two different approaches, how to understand. But Al-Kopanim, if he's drinking wine the whole day, he's only worn once, he's only chayv once. However, if he was issued separate warnings, Pasha the Mishnah means he's issued separate warnings in the middle. But who shows him, he keeps entering, then he's liable to separate lashes for each review that he drinks. Similar thing for shaving. shaving his head all day, he's only worn once, and he's only liable for one set of lashes. Because, again, the same idea, it's only one Asurah. They told him, don't shave and don't shave. Separate warnings. Pasha, again, the simple shot here is that it's done in the middle during the day. He keeps on shaving. He's chayv separately. And the same thing now for Tomah. keeps on contaminating himself. is only five one set of lashes. But if they tell him in the middle, don't keep on being a time yourself. Don't do it again. Vumatami keeps on doing it. Now this last one is going to be the big discussion here in the Sugya. Very complex Sugya coming up. The reason is, is because here, you know, once you're Tomah, you're Tomah. Are you really sinning again by, 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 uh, by, by coming in contact once you're already telling me, so that's going to be the big discussion here right away in the Gemara. So let's just, a little bit of an understanding here. There are different forms of person that could become a Kabbal Tumah. You can obviously touch a dead body. And by the Nazar, it's only Asr for Tumah's mates in contact with the dead body. It's not Tumah that's Asr, but uh, Tumah from a dead body. So you could touch it, you could carry it, or you can be in the same Oh, hell, the same uh, roof that has the dead body here. So Itmar was said, Amar Ravuna, Mikra Maladi Barakas. So let's say, look at the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Lo Yitama. The Nazar cannot contaminate himself. And it goes through, um, and, th- and in that pasuk, it's all through the relatives, even that he can't be matami. It's any means of tumah. There's an iser of It doesn't make a difference how. But we have a pasuk um, which specifies specifically after it says when we come tumah. The Torah specifies that there's an iser for him to come to come to the dead bodies. What does it mean, loyavo, to come to the dead body? It means you can't go in the same ol where there is a dead body. So. There's one general point that the Torah is saying, don't become Tameh, any form of Tameh. But then the Torah is specifying there's an Isra of Lo Yavo of coming into the same confines, coming into the same OL where the dead body is. So what's the Torah saying here? The first Pasuk has your Tameh. The first Pasuk, don't become Tameh yourself. That's a general thing against getting Tameh from the dead body in any means. It wouldn't matter what type of means it is. The second Pasuk, not Lo Yavo, that comes to Aser, an additional Isra against going into the OL that has the corpse. 
So basically what we're trying to say is that there's two separate Isurim. If somebody has Tuma from, from the corpse, let's say by touching it, and then he goes into a, a, an oil that has a dead body, so that's a separate transgression. That's a separate Avera. Again, you obviously have to have Asherah separately, but the point that we're making fundamentally is that there are two separate Averas, coming in contact with the Tuma, having, becoming Tumah, and then a separate Avera for coming into the oil well. They're separate things. But if, let's say, he just touches the dead body, and he's warned again, don't touch the body, uh, and he touches it again, he's not going to be high for the second act because he's not doing anything. It doesn't make a difference. Once, once, once you already had the tummy, you're a tummy. So we know that our Mishnah said that you could be high multiple times. But according to this opinion of the Gemara, the Mishnah cannot simply mean you touch that body and then you were warned again not to do it and you touch that body again because then you're not doing the transgression again. Once you're tummy, you're tummy. The idea specifically that there's a different shame ha'iser in coming into the OL where the dead body is. That's where you could hear that there's a second set of lashes. That's the first version, the way that uh, Rabbi quotes Rav Huna. Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Yosef says over differently from Rav Huna. Holokim, he swears in the name of Hashem here. Amar Rav Huna, that Rav Huna said, Afilu Tomo Tomar. Yosef defends that no, Rav Huna said even in a case where he came where he made contact with the dead body and then he made contact again, even if it's not through the oil, he's liable for a second transgression. To Amar Rav Huna, what's the proof that that's what Rav Huna really holds? Because we have another statement where Rav Huna said, Nazar is in the cemetery. They extend him another corpse, again, even for a relative, another cannot become tummy, or, or the corpse of somebody else, but he touches it, he's, he gets lashes for touching the corpse, he's tummy, he's in the cemetery, he certainly has tummy from all the buried corpses, he touches them or, or passes over them, so someone in the cemetery is certainly tummy, so what's Pshad, he's getting another lashes here, why is he getting lashes for touching another dead body, and it's touching, it's not like he's going into the OL of the second body, that's not what's happening, he's touching the body, must be a lash from Amaravuna holds even tuma, any form of tuma that happens after he was tummy by Nazir, he gets another set of lashes. So, so now it's Machlokas Yisodi over here between Rabba and Rav Yosef. What the opinion of Ravuna says is, according to Rav Yosef, it's like the simple understanding of the Mishnah that once he was tummy, even if he becomes tummy again, any form of tuma touches the dead body again then he gets a second set of lashes. However, according to Rabbi, it is not like that. Just touching a dead body again does not warrant a second set of lashes. The second set of lashes is unique to the Tuma of Ohel. Says when we have a Kasha and Rav Yosef in the Brisa. We first, so we're actually talking about a, a Kohen here, not a Nazir. Kohen, if we have a Kohen, who has a corpse on his shoulder, so he currently is in contact with the dead body. And then extend to him another body. And he touches it. You might think he'd be high for touching the second corpse. It says, don't become tummy, not to profane the Kedusha. So we learn, it's only, the Isra is only to someone who wasn't already Mechola. Now there's a regular Kohen. We assume the same is for another here. Um, the Isra is only where you weren't already Tameh. You're not profaning. So now you're, by becoming Tameh, you're profaning the Kedusha. But if you're already Tameh, the case of the Kohen who has a corpse on his shoulder, he's already profaned. So that's excluded from the Isra. So what do we see exactly against what Raviosi said? If a person has a dead body on him and he touches another dead body, he's not going to get punished for the second action. So that's a Kasha on what Raviosi said. So Raviosi defends. Amalei Raviosi said, wait a second. What about the mission of the Tameh? Keeps on, he's only warned once. He keeps on contaminating himself all day. He's only chayv once. But But if they tell him repeatedly not to be mitami yourself, separate ones. He's chayv separately. Like you, Abaye, why should we chayv separately? Mitami v'kohi. He's tamei. 
already after the first one. So, so if anything, it sounds like, like Rav Yosef was saying, that you could be high for liable ones. Rav Yosef is almost like defending himself. And Elakashu Adadi, well, what is with the Braisa? Why is the Braisa exempting, ex- exempting him for the second one since he already had the Tamar? It must be, the Pasha of the Gemara, is all continuation here of Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef. It must be Lokashu. We could say that the Braisa... He's talking about someone who was in contact. He was still touching the first corpse when he touches the second one. Whereas the Mishnah is talking about that he's not touching the dead body at the time that he touches the second corpse. So let's just understand something, what's going on here. A person touches a dead body. A dead body is an avi avosotoma. A person who touches the dead body now becomes an av hatoma. And Allah is, he is tummy for seven days. Now, if he's not touching the dead body, but he now is an avatoma tummy for seven days, what happens if somebody touches him? So the halacha is that person becomes a rishon latuma. The person wouldn't become tummy for seven days, he would just be tummy for a day. That's from the halacha. So again, dead body, avyavosa tummy. The person who touches it, avatoma tummy for seven days. The person who touches him becomes a rishon latuma, tummy for a day. But there's a special, unique halacha called tumma vichiburin, that tumma through attachment. Let's say a person is touching a dead body, call it uh, Reuven. Reuven is touching a dead body. And while Reuven is touching the dead body, Shimon makes contact with him. There the halacha is Shimon becomes Tommy for seven days as an av ha-tumah. And the idea is that it's like the tumah, you know, he's the connector. Reuven is the facilitator of the tumah between the dead body to Shimon who's touching Reuven while Reuven is touching the body. So maybe we learn up like this. The bride saw that said that when a person has the dead body on his shoulder and he touches another dead body, he is not liable. That bride saw is discussing a scenario where Reuven was literally still had the dead body on his shoulder while he made contact with the second body. So there's nothing additional that's coming, that's coming to Reuven at that point because at the point that Reuven is making contact with the second body, he, are, he, he has the first body on his shoulder. So there's no higher madrega of Tumma that is descending Bachlal to Reuven when he touches the second body. And therefore, there's no liability. However, what are we saying? We're saying that in the scenario where let's say well, let's say Ruvain had touched the body, he became Tame, but he's no longer touching the body. So at this point, if someone would touch him, that second person would only become an avatoma. If then Ruvain goes and he touches another dead body, he's adding something here. Because you see there's a severity while you're touching the body. If someone would touch you, they also become Tame Shiva. So therefore, in that moment, there is an addition and he would become Tame. So in our Mishnah, we could explain that the Pshad in our Mishnah, where you're high multiple times for lashes, the Mishnah could be referring to a scenario where, where initially the person touched the body and it was shelo, uh, and the person touched the body and, no, and he, now he is no longer. And then he goes and he touches, he touches more, he touches a second time. Okay, it could be chayav, li- liable for another one. And the reason is because you're adding. Whereas the b'raisa that was saying that you're not being mechal, the b'raisa is talking specifically where it was a scenario where it's, you're still mechubar to the, to the mace at the time you touch the second mace. There we say... There we say you're not adding anything whatsoever. So this is the opinion all of Rav Yosef, and it's coming out, Pashup Shat, is that Rav Yosef was only saying you're chayv a second time for Tumah um, when you're shalob b'chiburin, and now you're adding, so now, now, now you're adding the fact that there's a chibor, so that, that, would be a, uh, that would be a problem. All right, so this is all based upon the premise that the din of Tumah b'chiburin is a daraisa, that while a person is touching a dead body, if someone would touch him, the Tumah of seven days would descend upon. So, frakti mar Tumah b'chiburin daraisa is the Allah of Tumah b'chiburin really daraisa. Amar vizum b'chiburin 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 they become Tumah for seven days. If you touch someone who's touching a dead body, it's only true against Tumah and Kachim. Although also as a pasach lo, Chazal didn't impose it upon the Nazir, someone going to make a carbon. In other words, it's only a Drabanan, and therefore the Rabbanan were makel in regard to the Nazir of Pesach. So again, the case is, you know, if, uh, 
if, 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 if Reuven is touching the dead body and then Shimon is touching him, so does Shimon become Tami for seven days or only one day? So we say it depends. It depends what the context is. If you're talking about Shimon Vakachim, we'll say that Shimon becomes Tami for seven days. If not, so it's a Pasach, we assume not. So what do we see? We see it at the Rabbanim because Yamit Daraisa Maishnah, if the Allah of wouldn't be Daraisa, what distinction could we possibly make? Uh, between the two scenarios, there shouldn't be any difference. So the fact that we do make a difference, clearly the din of Tumor Kibun is not a Daraisa. If it's not a Daraisa, so then we go back to our question. There can't be a difference in Afkimina on the lashes aspect, which is obviously uh, uh, relative to a Daraisa. There cannot be a difference on the Daraisa here between whether Reuven was still touching the first body when he then touched the second body, where Reuven is not no longer touching the body when he touches the second body. Either you're going to say it or you're not going to say it, but it can't make a difference because you're not adding anything to Daraisa. So the Gemara says, no, really Tumor Kibun is Daraisa. When we say difference, Kan Adam Adam, Rabbi Yannai was talking about this halacha that we make a chilek between Nazar was a pesach and Truman Kachim. That's talking about Chibur Adam Adam. In other words, you're, you're touching someone who's touching someone who's touching the mace. It's, it's, it's one step one step removed. That's a derabana. Kan Chibur Adam Mace, Rabbi Yosef, is the right. So that's talking about there's only two people. Someone is touching the person who is touching the dead body. So touching the person who's touching the dead body, that is a derabana. It's for seven days. And our answer that we used before is good. Touching somebody who's touching somebody who's touching the mace. That's only the Rabbanan. And that's where we make it the chilah between Nazar and Pesach and the other halachas of Truma and Kachim. All right, so now the Gemara goes back to understand Rabba a little bit better. Now we, under, we understand Rav Yosef very well. Rav Yosef, John and Rav Yosef, you're chayav for one tumah, then chayav for a second tumah. The Pshat and Rav Yosef we've clarified is that you are making it more severe when you become tummy again because it, when, 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 you're, when you're in contact, when you're actually touching the dead body, so then there's a din of tumah b'chiburin, and the din of tumah b'chiburin means that if somebody would touch you, you would tummy for seven days. So therefore you're adding more in the moment when you touch the dead body. That's what we clarified for Yosef. A regular case, not. Rabbah must be saying that no matter what, tumah b'tumah, you're not chayav, unless it's a scenario where you go into a, uh, the ohel. So okay, specifically going into the OL is worse. So the Gemara tries to understand why it's like that. Says the Gemara, you're telling me in a case of Tuma and then adding another Tuma, the halacha is that you would not become Tami for, furthermore. Tami bakai. Halacha is you're already Tami at that time. If so, Tuma will be a Nami. Even in the case where a person is Tami, and then there's a Maisa Bia where he goes into the roof that has the dead body. In that case, also in the time of a kite, he's already Tameh. So what's the Gemara asking? The Gemara is asking, what's the Svarn Rabba to distinguish between a case where someone was Tameh becomes Tameh again through touching a dead body, where Rabba holds that you are exempt, and a case where he becomes Tameh again by going into the roof that has a dead body in it. Either way, the person's already Tameh. So what's the Pshat in Rabba's Chilak? So the Gemara is going to uh, change what we thought in Tonah and Rabbah. In Tonah and Rabbah, we thought that you're going into the oil after your tummy. And that's where the case where you have a second lashes. Now we're going to clarify, no, Rabbah holds whenever a person is tummy. However, he becomes tummy again, whether he's making contact or whether he's going into oil, he's always going to be potter. Because you're not Lamaise for making yourself tummy, you're already tummy. The Pshad in Rabbah is when a person simultaneously makes himself tummy by going into a Ol Ames. So there he's doing two things at the same time. He's becoming Tame and he's going into the, the, the roof that has Ol Ames. That's where he's going to get to. So that's a huge switch what the Gemara is making now. Amar Yochanan, Kan Babayas. The case where Nazar for two is where he goes into a house. He knows he wasn't Tame. He goes into a house that has a dead body. So when you enter the house, two things are happening at the same time. You're becoming Tame and you're going into the Ol that has a dead body. That's where you're warned for both. You you get two sets of lashes. Kan that. But a case where you wouldn't be chayev is where in the case of a field. In the case of a field, there's no roof, so what happens? You must touch it first, and then afterwards you would, you would go into an Ol HaMez, so there, in fact, you would be 
potter on the second one because you're already Tameh. So according to Rav, the Gemara is coming out. Whenever there's a scenario when a person is Tameh, <coughs> however, then he comes to Toma again. Even if it's a scenario of all Hamez, he's not going to be Chayv a second time. That's Rav's opinion. Yosef's opinion, Bishem Ravuna, is that no, there could theoretically become a second Chiyov for lashes. And again, as the Gemara clarified, the Lumdus is in a scenario of Chiburin, once you're not touching the first thing and then you become, come, come in contact again with the body. So in that moment, the level of Toma is going up since if someone would touch you at that time, they'd become Tama Shiva and therefore there would be increased, uh, increased liability. Okay, we'll stop here for today.